Alright everybody, it's Gone Gaming here with episode 1, Video Game Motivation. Uh, basically today what we're going to look at is the psychological side of why people get drawn into video games to begin with. Now, we could go on and on and discuss why people continue to play video games, why people come back to playing video games after they've quit for some period of time, but... Since there's just so much content, we're going to start it out with why people get drawn to video games in the first place. So we're actually going to start out with those who are socially awkward. Every one of us knows at least one gamer that doesn't interact well in public with real people. Uh, maybe they're bullied at school. Maybe they just don't get along well with others. They're not sure how to behave, what to say, they're mildly inappropriate at times, perhaps. And those are the people that are more inclined to retreat from society into a video game. They get the chance to be who they want. They can act upon any fantasies that they might have. If it's a socially awkward child and you're, for example, in middle school, and you're bullied all the time, you just don't fit in, you don't have a lot of friends, getting called names and stuff, and if that's who you are, then in order for you to come out of your shell and to really be whoever you want to be, video games are a place that allow you to do just that. They allow you to be the big guy. They allow you to be the bully. You could be the skinniest, scrawniest kid around, or you know, you'd be in a wheelchair. But inside your video game, you can be anybody you want. You can be some big old orc tank in World of Warcraft who takes a beating and never goes down. You could be the PvP god and never be touched and be completely amazing. Be the one that everyone else idolizes. Or I mean, if you really wanted to, and you're not who you think you want to be, you could play as somebody completely different. Just because you are a guy in real life doesn't mean you have to be a guy inside your video game. You can choose to play as a female. You could choose to role play as a female. Uh, if you wanted to, I've known people who have gone as far as voice modulators to make themselves sound feminine while talking to other gamers. Now, that's not for me personally, but it's just another example of how people can really be who they want to be, become who they want to become, and they're not limited by the structures that society sets forth for them. Standard gender rules don't apply. In standard gender roles, American society, a man is expected to go out and make the money while the female stays home and takes care of the children. Now, over the past probably 20, 30, 40 years, these gender roles have changed and they've become very blended to where it's not just as simple as men do this, women do this, that's what's expected of you, now get to it. Instead, for myself, I work from home, my wife makes four times more money than I do, and that's completely okay. That's not something that bothers me necessarily. Do I wish I made more money? Absolutely, but that's just not the path I've taken. 
So it's not a problem. It's not something that is a deal breaker. It's not something where you should be doing this. I should be doing this. Gender roles don't apply within video games. If you want to be a female, you want to be a male, you want to play a feminine tune, you want to play a masculine tune, it doesn't make any difference. You can play a male tune on Tuesday, you can play a female tune on Wednesday. If you want to be two completely different people, pretend that you're your own sister. You could do that. You come in on Tuesday and it's your sister's turn to play on Wednesday. You log in on a female account, female voice modulator, and you tell everybody that your name is Susan. And if that's what you want to do, that's completely acceptable. If people find you out, they're going to think you're kind of weird. But unless they know the difference, there's no way for them to know what's really going on, who you really are, or any of those things. Whereas in real life, somebody follows you home, somebody sees you on a different day of the week, somebody checks your ID, all of those things play into you not being able to necessarily act out and become who you want to be. And there's a lot of talk in the news and a lot of things going on about transgendered people and people who are not comfortable in who they are and want to become someone else or who believe that they were born to become someone else. And I'm not going to comment on that specifically. However, video games are a place that allow people to take that on in a small part if they want to. And I've known male gamers, female gamers. I've known gay gamers, lesbian gamers, transsexual gamers. I've known about any kind of gamer there is to know. And there's no judgment there. You know what? As long as you're good at the game or as long as you don't try to push your beliefs or your preferences onto me, then there's no problem. We're not there in the social setting of this is what I believe and you have to follow it. Rather, okay, great. You believe what you want. I'll believe what I want. Now are you going to come help me kill the boss or not? And it's completely different from standard society in that way to where rather than letting our individual differences tear us apart and distract us, we are instead able to focus on this bigger goal, whatever that bigger goal happens to be. You could completely hate this person in the game, but when you need a good healer, you may go turn to them and be like, look, I need you to heal this boss for me. And you put your differences aside in search of that greater goal, that thing that is bigger than you that you just can't simply do if you're focusing on all these little things. Now, it's also a place where if you want to be socially involved, you can be. Uh, World of Warcraft, a lot of people say it's become just a couple million person chat room. But that's as much as you want. You have that level of social involvement. Rather than in the real world where if you go to the grocery store, you're inevitably going to talk to somebody or you're going to see someone or instead someone is going to see you as maybe the bigger concern. In a video game, you could walk through a city in Star Wars The Old Republic. You walk through, you go to the vendor, you switch to another planet, you come back again. Nobody even noticed that you were there if you didn't want them to. If you looked super awesome and super cool, then sure, people are going to see you and they're going to go, wow, that person looks amazing. 
and there are those supermodels of society within video games as well, if that's who you want to be. And if you don't want to be socially involved with anyone, and you want to stay to yourself and not really have any friends outside of your very closest sect, then that's just fine. There are hundreds and thousands of video games out there that are playable online where if you want to play it by yourself, you can. If you want to, in essence, experience the full context of the game, then you would need to play with other people. You can pick up random games in Star Wars The Old Republic, in uh, World of Warcraft, in League of Legends, in Counter-Strike. You just join in, you play with some random people that you don't know, and once you're done, you go on about your separate ways. And it doesn't have to be something that you're tied to these people. But if you find someone that you enjoyed running with, you can befriend that person. And that's the beginning of your social development within the game. And in essence, your social development as a person. You're also able to pace yourself. If you want to make one friend now, and another friend in two weeks, and then a month from now you decide to join a guild with your friends and it's just four or five people who can all talk together and who go run things together. That's completely fine. If you want to be socially available and you want to be out there and you want to be this explosive personality who talks to everybody and who says hi to everyone and you want to be a presence to be seen and to be felt, then that's also completely acceptable and there are those people. Now on the other side of that coin, if you want to be a bully or you want to be a social nightmare to where all you do is terrorize people, call people names, and be completely rude to people, there are those people as well. In probably every single video game, there is always someone who sits in a general chat tossing accusations at people, tossing insults at people, and generally just being a jerk to everybody. Doesn't matter who you are, they're always there to be a jerk. And it's a place where you can choose to do that. And of course, you'll get feedback from that. The society, the culture is probably not going to like you very much, but it's your choice. And at the end of the day, once you made 150 people mad, then you log off and you don't have to see any of them again. Nobody gets to retaliate against you by egging your house or keying your car or stabbing you in public. It just doesn't happen because you're hidden behind the guise of a character inside your video game, which allows you to do whatever you want. And that's really what it comes down to, is it's an escape. It's a place where you can be who you want to be, do what you want to do, and not have to worry about the real-life repercussions of these actions. Unless you take it to some crazy extreme, then you don't have to worry about. One of the other motivational factors for why people get drawn to video games to begin with is there is a particular level of social expectation for a lot of people. Um, in today's society, it's not as simple as let's go outside and play. And it's not as simple as who has a cooler bike. 
And when I grew up in the early 90s, that was a lot of what it was. You had your friends on the street, you know, that you lived on. You went out and played outside. You played some city sports, maybe. You played sports in school. And that's where you got your introductory social interaction. In today's society, however, you may go to school, you come home, and you log into your video game. But those friends that you do make at school often are the ones who peer you into. Not necessarily peer pressure, but there's a peer involvement that you wish to be a part of. And so you ask your mom to get you an Xbox 360 or an Xbox One, PlayStation 4, because you want to be socially involved with those around you. You want to be able to play with the people that are nearby. If you are in a workplace, you may find some other people that also play Call of Duty. And so when a new game comes out, you want to be involved in that. You band together, you play together, and if you don't, you may be considered for not gaming, all of a sudden, you're the social outcast. You're the strange one who doesn't fit into this clique or to this group. And it's interesting the way that our society has evolved into where this is something that people want to do rather than back in the earlier days of computers in general, where if you were into computers, you were weird. You were the nerd. You were the geek. And we see... You know, Saved by the Bell, Screech, he was the geek, and he was, in a way, he was the outcast. And he was the lovable, fun guy that was kind of goofy that everybody liked, but in reality, that was a lot of people, and a lot of people could relate to that. And so, nowadays, those people are the ones who are running the companies, they're programming the software, they're the ones who have created the computer that you're playing on. The Xbox that you've got, the cell phone in your pocket, are those people. So society has changed a lot into where there is a social expectation to some extent. If you're not on Facebook, then you're probably considered somewhat strange by a lot of your peers. Why aren't you on Facebook? What do you have to hide? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're some creepy person that shouldn't be on Facebook but rather you choose not to. You choose not to have your social life out there in the public or your personal life out there on social media for everyone to explore. Now, one of the psychological signs of it comes from B.F. Skinner and his social learning theories. B.F. Skinner, as if you're in psychology, you've taken Psychology 101, you probably think of B.F. Skinner as the Skinner box. He had rat. He put the food pellet in there, and when the rat pushed the lever, he would get a food pellet. And so he had what people called the Skinner box. And that's one of the things that he was most known for. However, he also made significant strides in social learning theory. And according to Skinner, rewards are external. Rewards are something that are generated from outside of oneself. And he also believed that people develop their expectations from observation of those around them. For example, if someone witnesses aggressive actions, Skinner believed that they would then take that on and behave in that manner. Do I believe that violent video games cause people to be violent, as may be implied by that statement? Yes and no. Um, 
it's a kind of a slippery slope, and we'll discuss that further in another episode. But what I'm getting at here is if you're viewing people that play video games around you, and you see the rewards that they gain from it, they become a very good gamer, for example, Froggen, Crepo, Bjergsen, those professional League of Legends players, they have built a name for themselves by being really good at this, and the rewards that they have earned are substantial. Financial rewards, sponsorships, uh, they've become popular to where they've got 20, 30, 40,000 people watching them play by themselves in a video game at any given time that they care for. And for one person to just go do what they enjoy doing and have 50,000 people sitting over your shoulder watching is enormous. That's more people than you can fit into most Major League Baseball stadiums. And those people are sitting there watching you do whatever you want to do. To put this into context, the Rangers ballpark at Arlington has a full capacity of 49,115. The Rangers play there probably a few times a week. I don't watch baseball anymore, so I have no idea how often they actually play. However, a professional gamer on Twitch, Crepo, Froggen, Bjergsen, The Odd One, any of those guys can go hop on, turn on their stream, and instantly have 30, 40, 50,000 people watching their stream all day long. 8 hours a day, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day if they wanted to, put on a 24-hour stream, and even in the odd hours of the night, you're still going to have probably 20,000 people watching you. In comparison to a Major League Baseball stadium, you're watching a game that lasts for 3, 4 hours, it's over, you all go home. They've got that kind of an audience all day long, every single day, to watch one person. It's simply unheard of in almost any other scenario. You go watch a tennis match. You're not going to fit 40,000 people in most tennis matches, and you're still looking at two people play. But watching one person in a solo queue game, listening to them talk or maybe listen to music while they're playing, is completely huge compared to any other real-life sport or most other jobs that you could think of are probably not going to have that kind of coverage to where you're visible to that many people. And when you see the rewards that these people are gaining from that and the popularity and how happy they are and the money that they're making, it makes a lot of people want to earn that. And just like you see Michael Jordan or Shaquille O'Neal or LeBron James being an amazing basketball player. If that's what you enjoy and you enjoy playing basketball, then you may be trying to pursue a career as a professional basketball player. And that's something to strive for. That's something to where you see the rewards and the publicity and the money and the fame that's involved in this. And so you pursue that for yourself. Well, the same is now true in video games with the rise in popularity of things like Twitch and Hitbox, you're able to make a name for yourself and to gain that popularity, that fame, and even the monetary gains. Some rumors said that uh, Kruparian earns a couple hundred thousand dollars a year from ad revenue 
on his Twitch stream, followers, subscriptions, donations, and his YouTube channel. $400,000 a year is huge. If I could earn $400,000 a year doing pretty much anything, that's probably something I would want to strive for. And that's now a possibility for people by playing video games. Sponsorships for professional gaming teams, what was it, last year's 2014 Dota 2 World Championships had a pot of over a million dollars. Split between five people, not to count your sponsorships and donation money, you're looking at a pretty hefty paycheck for the top teams one way or the other. And it's something that you can now pursue if you want to, which brings us kind of transitions into a social social publicity. It's something that if you want to pursue it, you have the means. If you want to be popular and aren't really good at real life stuff, maybe you're good at hacky sack, trombone to a degree, but you're not one of those people who is going to be a concert pianist and you're not going to win the chess master world championships or things like that but you're fairly decent at video games and you have a social personality to where you could kind of maybe can carry a conversation with some viewers then maybe that's something that you want to pursue instead and with today's technology and today's society that is completely acceptable that is something to strive for something to create a goal for so kind of just to wrap up the key motivational factors that i see in video games that have influenced me in playing video games that have influenced my friends into playing video games and for those around me that i have been able to witness and talk to the key ones are uh, being socially awkward those who don't have the real-life social skills to interact in public often turn to video games as their escape, their alternate social reality, as I like to call it, to where they can be who they want to be, do what they want to do, and not have to worry about what anybody else says. The second one, of course, is the socially expected, to where your friends are playing and you want to play with your friends. If you don't play with your friends, now you're the odd man out. And of course, there's social publicity, which is playing it to achieve something bigger than just a game. Something beyond yourself, fame, fortunes, and all of that. So next week, we will be talking about why people continue to play video games and the determining factors in why people come back to video games again. And all of these are going to play into why people become addicted to video games, and we're going to extend on that a bit further later on, but we're going to try to build a base for ourselves first before we really start getting into the true psychological functions and theories behind video games, video game addiction, and uh, even video game obsession. So, Stay tuned for the next episode. You can follow me on Twitter at gone underscore gaming or soundcloud.com slash gone gaming. Y'all have a great week. Stay tuned for the next episode.